Club Podcast. Today we're doing our discussion on Dante's Inferno. I'm your host Marcus and joining me today as always are the homies. First up we have Greg. What's up? What's up? And last but not least we have the homie Trevor. What's going on? Nothing much. Um, This is Trevor's month uh, for the month of October. uh, The day after Halloween. I hope you guys had a good Halloween. Yeah, solid. Solid. <laughs> Did you guys end up doing anything? Like, taking your kids out or anything? Nah, well, I mean, we took them over to uh, some family's house, basically. Just got a little bit of candy and some other gifts, and that was it, really. Okay. Yeah, we just took my daughter to her grandparents' houses to go trick-or-treating. Gotcha. Okay, so they still got to experience it during this uh, this trying year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, that's good. That's what's up. So, um, anyways, this is Trevor's uh, game for the month of October, so I'm going to kick it to him so he can introduce Dante's Inferno. Okay, so for this month, our, I guess it's kind of Halloween-themed, because last year we played Evil Within, uh, which was like kind of a Halloween theme, so this year we played Dante's Inferno, and Dante's Inferno is a 2010 action video game. It was developed by Visceral Games. And they were best known, and I say were, um, because they were best known for the Dead Space series. Um, I think they did um, one of the Army of Two games. Uh, They worked on a couple of Sims games, and I think a Battlefield game. Um, And then it was published by EA, of course. And I say was because Visceral is no longer um, an active studio. Uh, The game released for Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, and PlayStation Portable in February 2010. And the PSP version was developed by Artificial Mind and Movement. I don't know if either of y'all played on PSP. Uh, The game's story is loosely based on Inferno, which is the first part of the Italian writer Dante Alighieri's 14th century epic poem, Divine Comedy. And Divine Comedy... In Divine Comedy, the Inferno describes Dante's journey through hell, and he's guided by the ancient Roman poet Virgil. And in this poem, hell is depicted as nine concentric circles of torment located within the earth. Um, And then, it is the realm of those who have rejected spiritual values by yielding to bestial appetites or violence, or by perverting their human intellect to fraud or malice against their fellow men. And Divine Comedy represents the journey of the soul toward God, with the Inferno describing the recognition and rejection of sin. And that's basically the portion of the Divine Comedy that Dante's Inferno is based on, um, out of the three-part series. Uh, Before the game's release, Dante's Inferno underwent a prominent and at times elaborate marketing campaign led by EA. And, and, And this is kind of uh funny because Dante our Dante um you know kind of um gave us a heads up to make sure we include this um but basically um they released uh like fake religious uh games and um marketing schemes uh one game was called Mass We Pray it was a motion control based most motion controller based game supposedly allowing players to engage in an interactive prayer and church sermon. Um, They also partnered with GameStop, 
for a one-day promotion of Dante's Inferno on September 9th, 2009. Oh, yeah, I saw this. <laughs> and those that pre-ordered the game were offered a $6.66 discount, which is the number of the beast. And then, in addition, EA conducted an unsolicited mailing in which checks for $200 were sent to selected video game critics with the following note. In Dante's Inferno, greed is a two-headed beast, hoarding wealth feeds one beast, and squandering it satiates the other. By cashing this check, you succumb to avarice by hoarding filthy lucre, but not by cashing it. But by not cashing it, you waste it, and thereby surrender to prodigality. Make your choice and suffer the consequence for your sin, and scoff not, for consequences are imminent. Um, so yeah, EA was um, was on one when they were marketing this game. Um, and another big one was in June 2009 at the at E3 2009 in Los Angeles. Um, EA hired around 20 protesters that claimed to be from a church in Ventura County. And they held up signs that called the game sacrilegious and labeled it possibly insensitive to people's beliefs. Protesters even went as far as calling EA the Antichrist. And this led to EA being accused by many people of staging the fiasco to use it as a marketing hoax. And then later it was officially confirmed by EA spokesmen that they hired people to protest the game and that there was no actual protest. But in the aftermath... Uh, several Christian bloggers protested this, calling it the anti-Christian stunt. Um, so yeah, this, um, I don't think I was watching E3 around that time. I think the first time I like actually started paying attention to E3 was 2010. Um, so I missed out on, on all that drama. Um, but Dante's Inferno was first released in Europe on February 5th, 2010. In addition to the standard retail copy of the game, a second limited edition, limited special edition of the game for both the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3 uh, was released alongside known as the Death Edition. And then the game was later released in North America on February 9, 2010. And unlike the Europe and Australia release, a special version called the Divine Edition was released in place of the standard copy for the PlayStation 3 only. And the game also had some DLC that came out. The first piece of DLC I noticed um, was you could actually buy souls for the game. And souls was souls are like a form of currency in the game that you use to purchase upgrades. And um, so I guess you could say this game kind of had microtransactions. Because uh, you could buy them in, um, in quantities of like 500. Um, but the actual DLC that came out... Um, for this game was the Trials of St. Lucia and it released on April 29th, 2010 so not too long after the game came out um, and it features cooperative gameplay and a game editor and then it had a new playable character um, called St. Lucia who's a Christian martyr described as Dante's guardian angel uh, the game received generally favorable reviews um, according to Metacritic and while there was substantial praise for the art style and level design, numerous critics drew unfavorable comparisons with Sony's popular God of War series. I'm sure we'll get into that later. Um, among other more fundamental criticism, criticisms such as monotonous and repetitive gameplay in the latter half of the game. 
And then to go along with, um, since um, the Divine Comedy um, has three parts, um, it kind of left people um, on edge at the end of the game, um, since this only covers the, the first part of it. Um, but the game also ends with a cliffhanger. Um, and it was widely speculated that a sequel based on the second poem in the Divine Comedy Purgatorio would enter production. Uh, but despite this, it was announced that Visceral had no plans for a sequel. And then in November 2011, um, they announced that um, uh, Joshua Rubin had been hired as a writer for a video game sequel that was heavily hinted to be... Um, the sequel to Dante's Inferno. However, as of 2018, no further information of any kind regarding a sequel to Dante's Inferno has been forthcoming. And then, of course, Visceral, Visceral Games was closed in October of 2017. So, if any, um, it won't be that studio working on a sequel. And um, that's it for the intro. As far as why I chose this game, um, I played this game for the first time maybe it had to have been around 2010 or 2011 that I played it. Um, but it wasn't like when it first came out. Um, but the reason why I played this game was because I had just gotten an Xbox 360 and I really wanted to play the God of War games. And this is, this was the closest I could get to it. So I ended up getting this game <laughs> and playing it, and I had, I remember enjoying it at the time. Did you beat it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I looked at the time that I beat it, and I finished it in just over eight hours, which was close to what uh, how long to beat suggested it would mm -hmm. take. Um, but this time I finished it right under six hours. Hmm. Okay. Um... I'm assuming your intro, your dumbest intro? Yeah, that's it. Okay. So, um, there was, yeah, there was a lot of controversy around this game when it was coming out. I remember. And, and those um, weren't even all the marketing stunts. Oh, I know. <laughs> Supposedly, um, I, when I was doing a little bit of looking in, they used uh, uh, a famous, I shouldn't say famous, but a uh, well-known black actor in Japan to advertise this game. Uh, like a commercial actor and uh, he was advertised like he dressed up as Dante at promotional events and things like that so he was Dante and it was very interesting to see because Japan has like a not great history of using black people in advertising you could say that <laughs> so it was a it was a weird uh, interesting choice uh, to, to say the least um, and uh I do remember the, um, I, I was in a giant bomb, but I, I do remember, uh, remember the, the controversy around those protesters and everything when they, uh, uh, were protesting at E3 and just how dumb that was. <laughs> um, yeah, kind of like what you alluded to too, um, uh, I'm going all over the place, but, um. One of the uh, the main draws to this game were people like you and I who only had a 360, so we were uh, essentially like shut out of being able to play God of War if we didn't have a PlayStation. Uh, 
So this was an opportunity for them to kind of piggyback off the, the success of that franchise and just that genre of game and be able to release this game. And not that this was 360 exclusive, but it just was like an opportunity for us 360 players to play a game. Because I don't, I don't really think there was any other... I can't think of any other... Well, I take that back. Um, because uh, one of the things when I was doing some research is that... Um, this game came out around the same time as uh, Darksiders and Bayonetta, and both of those games were also really, really uh, heavy-handed in what the, the the genres and the games they were taking inspiration from. Um, and those games uh, went off to spawn sequels and you know just have more critical success than this game did. And I and I kind of felt like those two games maybe did eat a little bit of Dante's Inferno's lunch as far as uh, sales and things like that. Um, but yeah, let's, let's, get, let's get into it. What's, what's what is- interesting to me, too, is that... Um, so, I still haven't played a God of War game. Well, the the original trilogy. Yeah, not the... I, pl- I played the new one. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't feel that much like Dante's Inferno. So, I don't know... Wait, wait, what doesn't feel like Dante's Inferno? Uh, the new God of War. Oh, okay. okay. I, I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> the, the old, I mean, to me, this feels just like the uh, like the original trilogy of, like, God of War games. Okay. But, yeah, compared to the new one, for sure, yeah, it's not the same. Yeah, and I was going to say, I am pretty much with you, Trevor. I, I, I only played the very, very beginning of the new God of War. And I did play maybe like an hour or two of the original God of War. Um, and what little I remember, this game, um, it hits all of it. <laughs> it hits all of it. And like just looking in and reading reviews of this game, like that was very apparent to everybody that reviewed this game too. It was like, hold up, they just, they, just, they did this too? <laughs> So it, it definitely wasn't a um, a surprise, or what you know. Everybody, like if you if you are the type of person to read reviews prior to like making a purchasing decision, like you knew what you were getting yourself into with this game. Oh yeah. Um, so what all did you guys play on? I played on a uh, Xbox 360. I played on Xbox One, um, the backwards compatible version. Okay, and I also played on Xbox 360. Uh, Greg, was this one of those games that you had beaten and had a copy, or did you have to get a new one? Or no, I, I ended up just signing up for the EA Play thing, just doing it like a month of that basically, because it was five bucks a month, and then uh, you know just playing it with that and then canceling rather than spending the fifteen bucks to buy it. Oh, I ended up buying mine off eBay, and oh, nice. I, think I, I spent like maybe less than five bucks. It's not bad. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. Definitely, I would I would recommend going that route if you if it's another game where because yeah I was like super shocked when this I was like I went on Steam and I typed it down and like nothing popped up I'm like hold up <laughs> you mean this game there's a video game that's not on PC <laughs> like I I I wasn't ready for that I was like threw me all off um, but yeah let, let's let's get into it so um, Greg so you played the the entire trilogy of uh, God of War right. Yeah. Okay. So, can you tell me and Trevor what all? <laughs> I know there's a lot, but what all was 
brought over from God of War into Dante's Inferno? Uh, I mean, the quick, well, I mean, quick time events were in other stuff, right? But like, obviously they were pretty, you know, God of War was one of the games that really kind of, I think made him like a really big trend. I, I guess like what you mean is like, like brutal finishers. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like that type of deal. Yeah. 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 Finishers <laughs> like that. Um, you know, obviously the, uh, the amount of gore is uh, plenty of that. Um, nudity. Yeah. Nudity. <laughs> that, that's a, the, I, the skill tree is kind of, cause I guess they don't have like a, so God award, didn't really have a skill tree, but I mean, you definitely upgraded stuff throughout the game. So, I mean, it's kind of, kind of the same type of deal, but, uh, pretty much the same combo structure. Uh, the only thing was you didn't really have, well, you did get ranged attacks in God of War games. I forget about that. Yeah. They were tied to like, uh, kind of special magical abilities basically. Um, so yeah, I mean, it pretty much follows the exact structure of like a God of War game. It, another thing, like just like two things that I saw was like just having to mash a button to get into a room, <laughs> like oh yeah, opening doors, even, yeah. <laughs> and then um, the thing too is like just the way the character looked. Like I mean, he was like angry at times and like yelling. Like obviously not in the same way that Kratos does, but just like here's this dude that he put this huge red cross on himself that he sewed and just like the the way the character model looked where it was just like shirtless dude he has a whole bunch of stuff wrapped around his forearms and arms he has this huge red stuff like it like that to me also kind of was like it, it made me think of Kratos as well um do, does God of War play out uh or showcase cutscenes as prominently as this game did yeah, I mean, not as not as much. I mean, they do happen, but um yeah, I feel like more of what would happen in a God of War game would be, you know, like a quick time event versus seeing a lot of like cinematic. Like I wouldn't say there's a ton of it in this game, but uh there's definitely more I think in this game there than there is in like God of War games. Okay. And then are there a lot of like I mean, oh, we'll, we'll we get into this game. We'll get into this game now. Okay, so I'm guessing I haven't read it, but did either of you guys ever read The Divine Comedy or specifically Dante's Inferno? No. I read parts of it. Um, it was for some liter- literature class. Um, I can't remember if it was in high school or college. I think I may, may have read a bit of it in college, but I don't remember anything. Yeah, it was so long ago. <laughs> Um, so yeah, like, like you kind of what your introduction says, it, it kind of loosely takes elements from, uh, Dante's Inferno and kind of like, whether it be characters, like, uh, I think, um, Virgil is the, uh, <clears throat> I think he is the guide in the original, wait, isn't he the guide in the uh, original story? Yeah, and he's like this character in this game that is basically spouting off like lines from the um, from the story, and he's basically he knows the history of Dante, he knows your past sins, but and he kind of is your like guide through the nine circles of hell, and um, 
I mean, the the whole story, the way it starts, is basically you're a Templar from uh, you're Ben Dante Templar from the Crusades, and you basically have committed a number of atrocities against people and, and things like that, and then you ended up uh, getting killed and when death comes to take you um i mean you you at this point like you you basically go back home you see that your father and your wife have been murdered and you're so mad you get killed like basically somebody stabs you in the back and immediately death comes and it's like well time to take you to hell and and then you're like nah not today homie (laughs) and at that point, then you get to... I, I guess you have your first boss fight with um, with death. And um, were you guys in at this point? Or were you guys just kind of like, eh, like, you know, what, what's going on? Or I'm not going to lie. This game was pretty underwhelming for, like, the first 30 minutes. Like, I was yeah. just kind of like, <laughs> is, am I really about to do this? Like... I, I felt the same way. It was just like they had like their little tutorial in the beginning that is like it was fine. It it really like went like I think it was the way they set up that like because you're in like a, a fight arena, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. It just kind of was like, oh, this is how every single combat scenario is going to go. And at that point too, you didn't really know about the. Uh, upgrade system so I was just like man this combat is just going to be so lame did you have any hope for this game Trevor or I mean I guess since you had previously played it you knew like yeah I kind of knew what to expect Um, I had honestly forgotten most of the intro to the game though Mm -hmm. Um, but I I can understand where that's coming from because at the very beginning or even even throughout this game, you can kind of button mash your way through. But at the very beginning, because you're so early on, that's basically what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, when is this going to get interesting? Yeah, yeah. And then, so you have that first like kind of boss, I guess you could say, or mini-boss encounter with Death. And eventually you end up defeating Death and taking his scythe. And then you... Uh, uh, basically go to hell <laughs> and I meant and, to look this up after that part but what weapon was he using before he took the scythe from death do y'all I remember just, I can't remember I, yeah, I can't remember I, I'm assuming it's a sword but I like I don't remember don't remember um, didn't really leave an impression on us I guess you could say <laughs> um but yeah, so basically, you're you're. You, um, I think the whole like impetus or the reason why you're like, no, I don't want to go to hell yet, is because you want to save uh, your wife uh, Beatrice, um, her soul uh, from the devil. So you see, like when you see her body before you get killed, you see that. Um, Lucifer is coming up to her and basically dragging her into the darkness. And so you basically are like, you vow to save her. Then you get killed, fight death, and then you're like, well, shoot, I'm going to hell to save my my lady. And I think she also gives you, before she leaves, or like on her body, she has this holy cross that basically introduces the ranged um, uh, attacks in this game. And I was going to ask you, Greg, you said... um, God of War has ranged attacks, but 
from my re- memory, and like I like I said, I only played like an hour of the first game. I just thought like the whole reason those those two blades he had were um, uh, on chains, so he would just l- let the chains loose, and then the, he would basically have swords on chains, and that was yeah, his attacks. Yeah, he kind of does that. And then he he gets something from Zeus, I think, at at some point to basically like throw lightning at people. But yeah, it's kind of the same deal. Gotcha. And Trevor just let us know it's it was a halberd. Um, that was uh, Dante's weapon before the scythe. But nobody uses halberds. Those things whack. <laughs> um. So yeah. So then you go to hell, and then you're, you you get this new that new ability with the, the cross. And then that's where they, I guess, introduce the the level up system. And I think this is, to me, this is like the shining like star for this game. I, I really, really enjoyed the upgrade system. And I know you briefly touched on it, Trevor. But do you mind going into a little bit more detail about it now? Um. So in the upgrade system, whenever you defeat enemies, or sometimes there are um, little um, pedestals I guess you could call them um, that you you can take from but you get a currency called souls and use those souls in order to upgrade or unlock abilities and those abilities can be um, like some of your combos like if you hold left trigger and press X or Y um, it unleashes a, a stronger attack and when you do these in succession, you know, they they start to chain combos. And you can also upgrade, like, your health and your mana. Um, it also upgrades some of the... What are the abilities that you use called that, um, where you press the left shoulder button? I think uh, there were the critical attacks or focus attacks, well, yeah, something like that. You can also upgrade the potency of those attacks um, with souls. And... The upgrade system is divided into two different, um, what do you call it? It's, it's almost like, um... Like Paragon and... Yeah, Paragon and Renegade, Renegade. Light or Dark, Good or Evil, like that yeah. whole system. You have Holy and Unholy, and I didn't even touch the Holy side of it, but in the Unholy side, um, it uses, it upgrades more of your melee attacks and combos... Um, did any of y'all go down the holy tree? I did. Yeah, a little bit. What kind of upgrades did you get in that one? So, so kind of piggybacking off what Trevor said. So the unholy side was the more like quote unquote evil. It was red, and so it focused more on like he said the melee attack. So basically, it, it you not only did you upgrade um, uh, using souls, you upgraded your or unlocked new abilities. But then as you're going through the level, you're earning experience through punishing and absolving people. And those added to your holy or unholy so you could level up. And I, I think when the, it was all said and done, I think I was like, I think level seven is the highest. Mm-hmm. So I was like level seven holy and then level five unholy or something like that. And um, it basically, uh, as you level up, holy or unholy it um unlocks or does more damage for whatever that weapon or whatever it is so like for me since i was focusing more on holy my ranged attack that cross 
it did more damage. And then, so going down, uh, upgrading there, like you, I think when you started off, you just did BB, which was the cross attack. Um, if you double attacked it, you would do one and then you would do three. Well, I upgraded it more so I could do it, hit it four times, so BBBB, and I was doing more and more uh, crosses. I was throwing more cross attacks on the screen and they were covering more of a, a, a wider area. Um, another thing that uh, I did was um, it had this move where you stuck the cross up in the air with, with the L trigger, or you did L plus B, and then it would suck in or vacuum in the enemies around you, closer to you. And then if you did it when you're in the air, then you would punch the ground with the cross and it would stun area, uh, enemies in a specific area around you. There was one where if you charged up, uh, you could hold the B button to basically charge up your uh, cross attack. And it was to basically break the block or the guard of any enemy. So like there was enemies that used shields or whatever. You could just basically break the guard on them. Um, just things like that. Um, there was a ability that you put on the shield and you basically couldn't take any damage. And if you leveled it up, then you were slowly getting health back. And then you could level that up again to get even more health back. There was one where you would sacrifice mana and you could do more damage. So there, there was a lot with the... I, I, really, I really did enjoy like the customization options it offered. And I don't think that you could... I don't think it was possible to like both max it out and unlock everything on that like side. So like I think they did a really good job of kind of balancing it as well. Uh, what were some of the things you guys did with the unholy side? Because I'm guessing you both went that route. I think I was like kind of half and half with it, but for the unholy side, anything that usually was like giving me more combo options, I would go to. Uh, then sometimes I would just pick the obvious stuff, like get more, uh, you know, more health, or uh, I forget what they call the uh, the what you use with the special abilities, what meter you use, but. I would basically upgrade that stuff um, and just try and get more more combos and stuff. Okay. I unlocked everything under Unholy. Oh, you did? I didn't spend a single soul on the Holy side. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I I just wanted to be able to, like, unleash, like, heavy-hitting combos. Because mm-hmm. um, one of my favorite things was... Um, once you unlock a more powerful attack by being able to hold the left trigger and press X or Y, like yeah. you're on the ground or in air, um, you could do. You can unlock another um, ability on the tree that lets you hit it again while you're in the middle of that attack, and it unleashes an even stronger attack mm-hmm. or a stronger version of it. And like whenever it went into like the slow motion, like you know, hits or kills with those, that was just like my favorite part of the combat. So that's why I was trying to unlock all of those. So your your basically play style was just just to go ham and just yeah. <laughs> okay. And what about you, Greg? Well, since you were like kind of down the middle, what was you? What were you doing? Uh, on some of the enemies that were kind of hard to really you know attack, or they moved around a lot, I would just use the range attacks. Um, but everybody else, pretty much, I would just kind of slug it out with. Yeah, I, I was like trying my best to keep my combo system going or you know my combo meter going and uh so i was doing a lot of range things and i would like roll in do a couple of hits with the scythe the one of the things i really liked that because you could just basically 
throw out like I think 12 or 13 crosses in like a two three second span so like I was constantly adding on to my combo thing all the time and so like that was super satisfying for me my crosses were worthless <laughs> <laughs> Like, the only thing I could use them for, like, well, I guess we'll get into it later, but there was, like, one specific enemy where you had to use them, and mm-hmm, that was mm-hmm. the only thing the crosses were good for, for me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I think this game, it kind of allowed us to play our preferred play style, so there was, like, an, enough customization there. Um, one of the things that I was worried about when we first started the game was I thought the combo system would be kind of lackluster. And I do feel like this thing added some, I don't want to say complexity to it, but it added some character and like it made it fun. And um, just comparing it to some of the other games, I don't think it was as complex as like a Ninja Gaiden at all. Um, But I do think it was like, there still seemed to be enough depth there, right, Greg? You're, you're uh, not for me. Not for you? Okay. okay. Yeah. I, I think it was just kind of... I mean, there is a little bit of variety, but it's like one of those games where you find the optimal uh, combo to go for over and over, uh, and then you only really deviate if you need it. You gotcha. Know, but... Gotcha. Okay. So, question, is that, any, is that different, or is that the same for... God of War? Oh, no. God of War is the exact same way. Okay, okay. So it's not, so it's like, not like a knock against it, I guess, sure, in that sure. sense, but yeah. Okay, okay. Um, and yeah, so like, there's that system with the combat. They also introduced, or I don't know if God of War had this, but they had like relics that you can unlock that kind of uh, you could level up to uh, three times to a third level, and they kind of just added like some passive and like other kind of buffs to your character did you guys use those or did you guys even bother with them or i was rotating them out just to try and level them up but outside of that i mean it wasn't like i was making like conscious efforts to be like oh well i want to stick with this one it was just kind of like just swapping them out just to try them out yeah i played around with them just so i could find the ones that i liked there's actually (laughs) in your in your skill tree there's two upgrades you can get where you can I did add, both of those. Yeah, I made sure to add on them. I don't know if there was... I'm guessing there was one in, or there are two upgrades in Holy as well. Yeah, so... So well, you could get a total of four or five... Uh, I had a total of four. I, I think that that was the... You started okay. off being able to have two, I Oh, think. okay, so you get one upgrade on each yeah, side. Yeah, one upgrade on each side. I think there was also uh, one upgrade on each side for... Um, no, maybe I think there was two upgrades on each side for health and yeah. um, mana as well. Um, so yeah, when I when I finished, I had four relics that I could hold. Did you only have three? No, I had yeah, I only had three because I okay. didn't upgrade the one on the holy side. I kind of messed around with it. So um, they did like they were you would unlock these treasures or you would find them in the environment, and they basically. Um, you had to have a certain holy or unholy level in order to uh, use the relics. And I know for me, since I was kind of like, I mean, I was, I think, like I said, when I finished the game, I was level seven holy, level five unholy. So I was pretty balanced um, and I could use every single relic that I had found. I was a uh, high enough level on either of those to be able to use them. And they did things like, um, 
I think there was one that made your combo uh, meter, like you, you basically had an additional two second or three second window to keep your combo meter going. There was one for quick rising, and like if you got knocked over. There was one that uh, gave you more of a window to counter if you uh, perfectly parried an attack. There was some that uh, increased the damage that your swings did, increased the damage that your, your crosses did. Um, uh, you got more souls when you killed somebody with a, a cross, got more souls if you killed somebody with a side, like all different types of things. So they were pretty customizable. I think um, I kept like two that I used consistently and I kind of cycled the other two out just to kind of like level them up, like Greg said, and just to give myself the most amount of versatility. But I, I don't really think that majority of them like really like changed a whole, whole lot gameplay wise. Um, they weren't like game breaking or anything like that. Yeah, that's the thing I noticed too. Um, like some of the upgrades were inconsequential. The um, like I was hoping the one that gave you um, critical hits mm-hmm. would you know be more significant, but I barely even noticed it. And I don't know if that's because there's really not a huge indicator on whether or not you get a critical hit. Yeah, yeah. There, there was one um, with the uh, if when you absolve something, um, you would get. I, I think they had a punish one too. If you absolved or punished something, you would get more experience. And like it was like, oh, when you normally absolve these creatures, um, you get ten. But if you now if you absolve, you get eleven. You know, so it was like super minimum. But like when you that was with the lesser enemies, but then when you did the bigger ones, instead of getting two hundred, you're getting four hundred. So like that was more significant. Um, there there was one that increased your grab range, and that one I did use a lot. And holy crap, like that that was the one that gave you a much bigger like you could v- visually see the the grab range change when you equipped it, and it was like your grab range got twice as big. Hmm. Um, and so I, I, I try to use that one a lot. I like grabbing. <laughs> I like playing hands. Is that, so. is that your um, your bionic arm? I mean, yeah, it was basically like I, I would I would do that because I, I was thinking before I found like those characters in the game, I was thinking the only way to level up your holy or unholy was to absolve or punish people. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking like, oh, I need to do this at every chance I can. So I was doing it to like all the fodder enemies for a while <laughs> and it was just very time consuming i was like never having a combo going mm-hmm. at all and so i was like there has to be a better way and then i figured out oh like there's these characters that you can just do it and you just get a buttload of experience doing it on them so don't need to do it as much on the fodder enemies so yeah and that was another relic i used a lot was the um um shoot i just lost it um, the one that gives you more experience when you punish? No. Uh, dang. Um, I can't think of it now. Okay. But yeah, so um, that's basically it for the combat. They they also had these like collectibles. They had a couple of different collectibles. So they had... Um, uh, you could find the... Oh, this is something that I did find. Uh, the Beatrice's like jewels or something, and I think there was like four of them. And when you um, when you found all four, it made your cross stronger. 
So hmm. I'm guessing I collected all four of those. They were all pretty early, so I'm wondering if they were like. I was wondering like if I miss this one, could I find it later? And it's just like, you you were guaranteed to be able to find four at any point in time, but maybe not. Um, they were all within the first one or two rings of hell. Um, there was also like the creatures that you would uh, destroy to get the relics. There was also these various um, like characters in the game that um, they, they were damn souls that you could either punish or absolve. And they were like famous figures in history. Um, and a lot of them do appear in uh, Dante's Divine Comedy. And so like what would happen is you'd see this like kind of form, not formless, but like skeletal. faceless. Yeah, skeletal figure kind of like on their knees, like kind of talking to themselves and you could walk up to them and then you you find out who the person is like you get like a little like placard that basically says like here's this person and this is their story or whatever and it's basically like oh this person like I'm trying to think of one that we saw there was one like oh this person caught her uh, husband cheating with uh, her sister so she killed both of them or something like that or there was one that there was this girl that um was she, it? go ahead. Oh, wasn't Attila the Hun one of them? He was one of them. There was, uh, I think, um, there was one person. These are all like famous people, mm-hmm. and um, I just can't think of names off the top of my head. But there was one like this girl. She was found by this enemy troop uh, outside of her village, and she sold out her whole village for money and like things like that. But it was all different types of sins, like kind of tying again to the the Dante's Inferno theme. So there was like sins that revolved around, and then whichever greed. circle you were, you were in. Yeah, exactly. Greed, gluttony, uh, violence, fraud, anger, lust, all that stuff. So you were finding people, and um, when you punish them, you, I mean, it, I'm I'm guessing you punish them, but like when you absolve them, you got this kind of like mini game that was really fun to play, actually. <laughs> I was about to say, I mean, it was okay at first, but then, like, after a while, uh, it was just killing me. Oh, uh, you didn't like it? It was okay. I mean, I would have rather, because, like, the thing that just made it annoying to me is, like, the first 20 seconds of it, it, it goes so slow. slow. Yeah, I would rather it just go, f- if it was like that the entire time, like, at a pretty reasonable speed, it probably wouldn't bug me as much, but I feel like it kind of takes you up the game, though. It's not, like, a snappy enough mini game to where it's like oh okay i'm cool doing this to get some extra um you know whatever that currency was but you know have you have you listened to the most recent uh bombcast no no okay so they were talking about geometry wars and they were basically saying like you know like it's so fun to play that game once it gets going but it's so slow that first like 90 seconds to two minutes where you're just like and like i completely get where you're coming from it's that same exact thing where it's like I think you're only playing this mini game for maybe 30 or 40 seconds, but like the first 20 seconds of it is really, really kind of slow as it's mm-hmm. speeding up. And I'm with you that I wish it started quicker sooner. Um, I don't know if you unlock the thing to basically auto absolve people. Uh, no, I didn't. Okay, so there is like if you like were bored with the mini game or whatever, and like you would get the option to punish, absolve, and then they had the Y button, you could auto absolve, and so you didn't have to play the mini game. It was only on those people. So it, it, with the finishers and combat and everything, you never got the auto absolve um, feature. 
So it was only on these different damn souls. And I did it for a little bit, but you were only getting 600 experience or whatever. And you got like twice that much when you did the right. game. So it was like when I realized that I, I think I auto-resolved like two, maybe three people. And I was just like, I mean, it's cool, but I'd rather just play them. I, I wasn't tired of the mini game. And then when I played it that first time after having auto-resolved, I was like, damn, I got twice as much experience. I'm never auto-resolving again because um, you're just leaving experience on the table when you mm-hmm. do it. Um, uh, and then, yeah, so that and I think that was... Oh, and the other collectible was Judas, Judas coins or something like that. So there was like, I think, I want to say there was like 30 Judas coins in the game. Um, I, I, you guys know me. I did a lot of the collectibles. I, uh, I found all the damn souls. Um, I think I got a lot of... I mean... I didn't like visually like when you went to the relics page I think it was like six or seven rows of relics and I only got half of them but I I, I had to think like as thorough as I was in this game that some of them had to be only available in like certain like difficulty level because I was like there's no way that I missed this many relics in this playthrough with how thorough I was being and I think I had collected like 24 or 20, 22 to 24 of the uh, 30 Judas coins as well. So, like, I was I was pretty thorough in this game with collectibles. And I still had, like, a buttload of relics that just weren't filled out on my sheet. I think I only got about 20 or so Judas coins. So, you got, I mean, you got a lot of them, too. What about you, Greg? I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but I would go for things if I saw... Like, they were in my way, but I wasn't, like, kind of actively searching for them, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If I ever and, saw, like, a um, like a, a crevice or something like that that looked like there might be something hiding around the corner, yep, I always yep. explored it, but I didn't, like, use a guide or anything to, to see how many... Yeah, yeah, I didn't either. I didn't either. Um, so, I guess that's all the good stuff I have to say about this game. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Um, can we talk about the platforming in this game? Oh, it's trash. I don't know how many times I've died because I I couldn't tell where my character was or the camera. I mean, so the other thing it does, like the God of War games, is there's a fixed camera angle. So you have no control over that. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it just doesn't give you a good idea of, like, spatially where your character's at. Mm Mm-hmm. So it does definitely, and then the fact that usually if you fall off something, it's a one hit kill. Like you yep, just, you got to just start over. That that killed me so many times. Um, the yeah, you you hit everything. Like I, I wrote down, oh, can't control the camera. Yay! Because <laughs> like you just and you're in a combat arena and there's just a camera, like and it's just at a certain height and it's just like. Oh, if you want to see the whole battlefield, you have to run over to that side, which you guys know from, I I don't like, (laughs) I don't like, I like to be able to control the camera. So all the platforming sequences, you couldn't control the camera. They like, like Greg said, there were so many times, like I definitely died way more in this game platforming than in like three, maybe four times as many times I died platforming than I did in combat. And like, I'm willing to bet that I probably died the most out of all of us. Because um, I, I did die about, I would say, 15, 20 times in combat. So, like, three, four times that amount was from platforming. 
no no exaggeration where it was just like and like some of the things too like the the platforming or not platforming but the traversal controls where they make you use i think it was r the right button to slide down but that was also the thing that you had to use in order to start doing the repelling and like uh there was a couple times where like for whatever reason a is to jump but sometimes also A means to let go of something. <laughs> so there were many times where I was thinking that I could jump from one thing to the next. And then I just actually, at this, I just let go instead. And I just dropped to my death. So many times. <laughs> so many times. So my... Um, oh, <laughs> no, no, you got it, you got it. Um, so my gripe about the platforming and is... The you can't control the camera, but the right stick controls your dodge or is to dodge. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of this game, like I wasn't used to playing it. I don't even remember having a problem with it back then. But um when I first started playing, I'm thinking, Okay, let me move this camera but every time I move the right stick I'd end up dodging and mm-hmm. if I was like on a platform or something like that, I I'd end up just rolling off of it. <laughs> and the thing is, they didn't even have to do right stick to dodge. Like that's only I mean, I guess that's cuz it's a God of War thing. So obviously, they're trying to follow that like blueprint, but I mean, they definitely didn't have to, you know. They didn't have to do that. Yeah, yeah. I Did... Is this a God of War thing, Greg? <laughs> yeah. Even the platform, like the platforming too. Well, like platforming's not so bad. I mean, you, there are deaths like that in God of War games where it's just because it's a fixed camera angle, you just don't know. But I felt like that that game did a better job at like uh, kind of letting you know where you're at, and you, there's like a clear, you have a more clear understanding of where your character's at, and uh, it's also a little bit more forgiving, I think, as far as like how you land your jumps, but. Mm-hmm. I, um, I, I definitely felt like certain, like they weren't consistent in how they designed certain things too. Whereas, like if you're running, if you're running with the camera at your back, and you run to a ledge, you're just gonna run off the ledge. But mm-hmm. if you're running the other way, where you're running towards the camera to a ledge, your character would grab the ledge and hold off the side, and like something like that, where it's like. There was a couple of times where I'm like literally like I'm just trying to explore and trying to figure out how to get to this collectible. And I'm like literally dying because it's like I just ran off the edge and it's like, why can't I grab it in this instance? But in this instance, I can't. Um, So that happened a bunch. And I I don't know, like I I really I really like wanted to like that aspect of the game because I did enjoy doing the collectibles. Like, it didn't hinder me from not doing it, but there were so many collectibles where I would get it and, like, die platforming afterwards and then start back over without having gotten the collectible. Oh, yeah. And having to get it again. (laughs) And so, like, it was out of love of, like, my enjoyment out of doing the collectibles and getting collectibles that I, like, opted to do it. Like, where there was some where I'm, like, playing that mini game two or three times more than I should have or whatever, you know, just to be a completionist stupidly. (laughs) Um, And, uh, yeah, yeah. Also, quick question for y'all. 
is there a way to um like when you're on the tight ropes is there a way to swing faster like to climb faster so you mean like moving up and down or moving no, left and right left and right if you hold the right bumper like you're moving like in triple speed okay and like i don't think i ever it, saw that hint um i i yeah yeah like i i think i maybe saw i don't know why i i think it was because there's so many situations where you're moving from one type of climbing or traversal to the next in the same sequence that i just got in the habit of holding that button and that's when i found out uh that you could like move twice twice the speed or three times the speed so like anytime there was anything where you're doing the left to right like and having to you know uh, dodge the fire or whatever like i never had to deal with that but it for me it was the ones where the fire was coming down the rope and like i'm doing the rappelling back and forth those were always super tricky because i what would happen is i'm jumping from one thing to the next and you know the thing auto locks on um kind of like uh what's that game lords of shadows and so, like, I'm thinking, oh, when I hit the right bumper, it's going to take me to that thing because it has a little rectangle. But then I go back to the thing I was already on. I don't know if that ever happened to you guys, but that happened to me a ton. Where I, like, I'm jumping from one rope that's on fire to, like, at the next spot. I get the little target that indicates that I'm aiming at the next thing. But then when I hit the button, it pulls me back to the previous thing. I didn't necessarily have that problem. But when I was trying to repel, like if I was swinging back and forth, um, you know how at the top of the screen it would tell you hold um, R2 or, or right yeah, bumper yeah. or whatever? Um, that indicator wouldn't change when you were ready to, um, I guess, um, like use your, your grapple to grapple the next one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so... I would sit there holding the button down thinking, okay, as soon as I jump off, it's going to, um, you know, grapple the next one. Um, But it didn't do that. Mm -hmm. Just jump into your death. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I, I did not enjoy the platforming. I did not enjoy the platforming. Um, I did enjoy the puzzles or I don't even, I, I wouldn't even say puzzles, but like the, Whatever you want to call them, <laughs> you know, or it's like, oh, you, the interactables. Yeah, where it's like, oh, you need to move this thing onto this platform to lower it, and those type of situations. The one where you had to like wind up that creature with the axe to break the ice, like just those kind of things. That those were cool. Mm-hmm. Like just having some type of interaction with the environment. I I, I I did enjoy those sequences. So like, I guess that part of the platforming I enjoyed. Um. And um, do we have any other platforming things? It this, like I was thinking of Lords of Shadows every time, and I was like, man, like this game is not that. <laughs> this game is not that. Like I think I enjoyed the combat in this game. I'm not saying more than Lords of Shadows, but I did enjoy that. But like the platforming and the puzzles in Lords of Shadows, like was so much more fun, and like just having the gear and like be like that was way more enjoyable. And I was I was hoping that this game had 
borrowed some things from that series as well as God of War, but unfortunately they started and stopped with having some type of grapple hook whip type situation, and that was about it. Um, what else? What else? What else? Um, I guess one thing that I, I started to like, and then I it, it just fell off the, the deep end, was the the environment. When the game started... Oh, I was um, waiting until we get to this part. Especially <laughs> especially when you... Like, obviously the beginning of the game, those first 30 minutes prior to fighting uh, death and everything, the environment was pretty drab and bland. Uh, but then once you got into hell, especially those first, I would say maybe three, four rings of hell, they were all pretty, like, Moist. unique moist <laughs> yes um uh but they were all like unique i would say yeah like limbo did not look like lust lust didn't look like like the things that they were the sins that they were trying to depict in both the environment the people being tormented and even the enemies you fight like they were pretty unique to those areas um i would so, say the first Four for so like four. lust, everything looked real phallic. sexual. Yeah, <laughs> phallic. Um, yeah, there were definitely some um, um, vagina doors. Oh yeah, walls, yeah, like some of the enemies spawned out of nipple mouths. <laughs> yeah, things bursting from the nipples, like the that vulva tentacle. Yeah, all the things. columns were were phallic. It was it was very they they went the, there with it. that cloud where it was the the purple like tornado thing where it was like lightning and oh, just like yeah. a lot of women moaning and stuff. <laughs> and then the um the skill that you got from from beating that boss, um, like like when you use it, all it does is just like all you hear is moaning sounds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they kept that going throughout the game. Yeah, um, gluttony was pretty, like, I mean, I think the the water or the liquid in there was, like, stomach acid. Yeah, kinda. it was like you were inside of a stomach or something. It was very yeah, fleshy. Yeah, like, the, 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 very fleshy, the enemies were, like, super, like, overweight, they vomited and like shit boomers. everywhere. <laughs> yeah, um, the, the, Cer- the, uh, Cerberus, uh, the three-headed dog that we know, it was, like, Worms, yeah, <laughs> which was, and they had a lot of teeth. Like a lot of the enemies in the gluttony level had like a lot of mouths. Um, and then um, I I really liked uh, greed too because like the 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 water or the 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 was like gold and everything mm-hmm. was shiny and like I, I think they really really did a good job. At least I would say those first four rings: limbo, lust, gluttony, and greed. Of like kind of. Like, I felt like they had the time to kind of polish and make those environments unique. And even, like, came up with unique uh, enemies for those levels, or for those rings. And even, like, anger. Anger had, like, a lot of fire. Sure, sure. I think that anger was when it started to uh, wear a little thin for me. And, like, we play a lot of video games... But, like, the environments seemed like they could have just been pulled from another video game at a certain point. Yeah. 
and like like I think anger started like you started in that woods that had like uh I think it was the um no I'm sorry I'm sorry that's the wrong one um I was thinking of another one um I think it was violence was the only other one that kind of a little bit stood out because they had the the suicide tree woods Mm -hmm. the woods of suicides and that had like a unique like kind of look to it but like I, I yeah I would say from anger on it was just kind of like generic like video game aesthetics at that point just kind of washes over you after a while yeah yeah and you're like it, it just it did, it wasn't hitting the same way it was and I don't know like if this game um if they I don't know how the development went for this game or what and that because that, that was a uh a thing I saw across a lot of reviews where people were saying like the, the first couple of worlds seemed very unique and, and thought out. And then they just kind of, after a while, it just kind of seemed like they, there was, they were all generic and like, you weren't fighting unique enemies on each level anymore either. I think it was like, I mean, like you fought those Valdo chicks and lust. <laughs> you fought those, uh, I think it was at Limbo where you fought the babies on the with the sights or you know the the claw arms. Yeah, the um, what were they unbaptized babies? Unbaptized babies, and then like I mean, you fought the the huge like boomer looking creatures in Gluttony, and then even in Greed, you fought those dudes that spun around and like dropped gold and everything. But after after that, it was just kind of like you were just fighting the same enemies or yeah, stronger versions up, upgraded of, versions of those um, yeah tall guys. yeah and so it just it just really dragged on and, and especially too like i think they had started off those first couple of worlds you fought like you ended each world with some type of boss at the end so like in the first one you fight uh king mino minos the judge of the damned and that was like a unique encounter that you had then in lust you fight um it's uh, Cleopatra's uh, and her lover, Mark Antony. And then the third circle, you fight um, both the Cerebus, like as a mini boss, and then you fight your. Um... Your father. No, so that's that in greed. Yeah, you fight your father in greed. Um, I mean, and you. Yeah, but then it's just. It just. It just seems like they're trying to tack on more and more people. Like, all of a sudden, I think later on in the game, like, supposedly you had a friend that was like, you. Yeah, took him to the dark side. It, it and seemed like, there was... like it became more about Dante, like later throughout the game, and I, I don't know if that's true to the, um, you know, the original um, uh, source material. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely went from, like you said, from Cleopatra and and Cerberus as the um, as the bosses. You know, it goes into more of like people more personal his to, life. to Dante. Yeah. Like one is like his forgiving his his mother because she uh, or I think it was like basically the story was is that uh, she ended up killing herself but him and his father or his father had told him and whoever else he knew growing up that she died of illness so his whole life mm-hmm. he uh, thought that she had died because she was sick but then he sees her in hell where in the woods of suicides and he's like what's going on and you know like. I don't know. There, there is some type of like growth that Dante goes through in this game as well. Like especially when you're seeing all these sins play out as he's spiraling and spiraling in these cutscenes to like darker and darker things. Um, but 
it also it's just the environments just aren't it doesn't make it easy to want to keep playing and especially i think it was the uh which for the second to last one fraud where they throw in the, oh, the 10 stages of malberg bulk or whatever i don't remember playing that in my first playthrough i really and don't. this was just like this was when it was like oh man i'm just ready to be over with this yeah. game you, you basically fight like these challenges, and so there's ten that you fight back to back, and they're all identical as far as like the, um, the the space that you're fighting. But each one of them has their own unique um, thing. So there's one is like uh, name some of the ones like get a hundred hit combo is yeah, one. Stay in the air for eight seconds. Stay in the air for eight seconds. Uh, don't use your uh, heavy attack. Can't block. Just, can't use mana. Yeah, don't block. Just all different challenges as they're throwing these different types of enemies at you. And you get like a bonus if you clear... You get additional souls if you clear um, a challenge in a certain time frame. Did you guys end up getting any of the bonuses? Um, maybe like four of them. I think I did like two. Yeah, same. Two. <laughs> but like... This is when I realized, like, I just don't have the... I just don't like this genre of video game. <laughs> uh, like The whole time I played this part, it reminded me of, like, when you get close to the end of um, Sinuous Sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, that part where you're on the bridge. I don't know if y'all remember that. And you're fighting all those different challenges yeah. as you're going. Well, they weren't I really remember- challenges. It was just like an endless... Um, oh yeah yeah when you're trying to yeah yeah they just keep coming at you for me it reminded me of those like i don't remember like i i remember sucking at them but i think it was um bayonetta where you'd have like different challenges and you would just have like a a prompt to tell you what you have to do and you could just keep retrying it indefinitely until you completed it but like i just remember not being able to do any of them because i just didn't understand like how am i supposed to stay in the air for eight seconds this does not make any sense to me. Yeah. Like, I don't have the moves in order to stay in the... Like, I was, like, consistently just three seconds, three seconds, three seconds. And it wasn't until later than... Like, I ended up Googling how to do it. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, if you grab, it resets your thing. Why did they just tell me that in the beginning of the game? Like, it's, there were so many instances where this would have been useful. Especially <laughs> when you play through the majority of the game... To- like to your own play style exactly all of a sudden they're just like no we want you to try this out it's like why didn't you at the very end of the game yeah like like i don't know i i i I know games should this is me saying this i think games it doesn't make any sense to not tell the player all the different things that they can do there should still be some type of experimentation on the player side but like do these challenges in the beginning of the game or like kind of spread them out through the, as the game is going instead of throwing everything at the end of the game. Like you said, Trevor and having like, I've been playing this way for this entire time. And now you're telling me that these other ways that I could have been playing, but you're also not telling me how to do it. Like, so like, I didn't know how to say to do those in the beginning of the game. Say, Say what? There was no incentive to do those at the beginning. Well, I didn't know it was possible to stay in the air for eight seconds. Yeah. <laughs> like, like at all. Like, does it, did you know how to do that, Trevor? Or? No, not at all. I had to look it up. Okay, I'm like, what? 
And then, I don't know um, how you would have known that at, well, at that point. Some of the challenges actually, um, like if you keep failing long enough on them, it'll actually tell you, like it'll give you a little hint and say, hey, um, in order to juggle, you know, um, launch them in the air and then grab them and then um, use a Y to keep them up in the air and you can keep juggling them. Yeah, and, like, I completely had forgotten about launching people because, like, I didn't focus. Like, I was using ranged attacks the entire time. Yeah. So, like, I don't have, like, on the range side, there was nothing to launch people in the air until, like, there's a specific move where you suck them in. And then if you upgrade to the next one, then you can toss them in the air after that. Like, blow up everybody in AOE up in the air. But I had no, like, I could do that and I could be in the air with them, but I didn't know how to, like bounce them or like to stay in it you know what i'm saying <laughs> one thing uh, i read when i was looking for the solution to that one was that if you um grab one of the enemies like when you um um and you choose to um uh to punish, them, or punish um if you do it like if you get the one where you basically you basically choke them out you're in, you're technically in the air and if you do that <laughs> if you tap it really slow rather than mashing it It'll time it out. Interesting. But you don't get the bonus where you have to kill two enemies in the air. That's the Mm -hmm. other thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so obviously I was very annoyed by that. And just like beyond like the challenges themselves, like and not necessarily, they just weren't fun. And it, it was very repetitive. Like you were fighting the same enemies just in different challenges and it it just dragged on because it and you actually had to traverse your way to the next platform which was the exact same (laughs) enemies like you were literally fighting the same enemies back to back like how like i think i ended up saving like um i think i saved at number four not knowing that there was 10 and i like stopped playing and then i came back to it later and i was just like Oh my god, there's still more? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what they were thinking with that section. That section was trash. <laughs> and then the biggest like middle finger to the player was that one where you can't you can't succeed at it. Joe gets that one. It's like a where the um I can't remember what the uh, big monsters are called, the ones that you can actually get on top of and ride them. Oh um, yeah, it comes um, crashing in, and it says um, challenge failed, escape. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like really, and and you think <laughs> after that that's that's going to be the last one. Like okay, all of these are over now, but then they still keep going. <laughs> can can I tell you? So I tried to I tried to be like you, Trevor, and I was like after I beat this game, and I was like, oh, there's an achievement to do this thing. <laughs> So, uh, there is a, um, you unlock a mode after you beat the game. Did you guys play that mode? No, I didn't play it. No. It, I can't remember what exactly, what, it's basically like a, um, hell mode, or I don't remember what it is, but you basically, I think it's like 44 or 36 rings, or like, uh, challenges, and it's basically the same thing, but instead of um, you having like a, an objective, it's you have a time that you need to make sure it doesn't hit zero. And when you 
like if you do a, a challenge or if you do a, a room without losing any life, you get an additional 15 seconds. If you do it um, without uh, dropping a combo, you get an additional like 10 seconds and like things like that to keep adding to your time because your time is going down when you're actually in the room fighting. And I was playing it. I think, like I said, there was like, we'll just say 44. I was on number 37, choking a dude out, the last dude doing the punish. Because you, you also got time for doing that. Mm-hmm. And it hit zero while I was doing that to him. And it ended for me. And I had been playing it for about 40 minutes at that time. Mm. And that was the last time I played this game. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, like I, I, I shouldn't have. I like. I still wanted to play more Dante's Inferno because I do enjoy like the combat, even though like that particular section we were talking about was monotonous. And this was a little bit different because they were like changing up the enemies they would throw at you. So like sometimes you'd fight like maybe just four of those spinny guys that um you know uh, oh yeah the, like those dudes, or you may fight a room of just bats. And glutton characters, or you might find a room with like four or five of those heavily shielded guys. So like it was, it was changing it up, and um, so it was, it was more like a better thought out version of this, this challenge thing. But then having that time uh, thing in there really screwed me over, and I just was like, you know what, I'm done with the combat, I'm done with this game, <laughs> you know, and yeah. <laughs> um. I'm trying to think. Is there anything else we need to talk about besides the last encounter? Is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Cool. So, yeah. Basically, as Dante, you're going, you know, through the different uh, rings of hell trying to get to your your lover. So, you go through limbo, lust, gluttony, greed. I think it, the anger is when Beatrice eats the forbidden fruit and she basically, the pomegranate, and she basically goes to the dark side and it's basically like Lucifer's boothang. Um, <laughs> and uh, he's still trying, he being Dante, is still trying to save her. And that he's basically saying like, take me and let her, you know, uh, go. Mm-hmm. And you, you go through heresy, violence, fraud, and treachery. And I think at treachery, you basically, um, I'm trying to read this thing. Let's see. So the Archangel Gabriel descends from heaven and carries... uh, Let's see. Let me go back a little bit. At the entrance of the ninth and last circle treachery, Dante insists insists to Beatrice that he has faced all his sins. Beatrice reminds him that he slaughtered the Saracen Saracen prisoners out of anger and that uh, his friend Francesco died taking the blame for it. Realizing he has sinned beyond redemption, Dante admits that his place is in hell and asks Beatrice to forgive him. This act of supreme sacrifice undo, undoes Beatrice's transformation and restores her to her former self. As Dante watches, the Archangel Gabriel descends from heaven and carries Beatrice's soul away, promising Dante that he will see Beatrice again and that his redemption is close at hand. That basically you're in the center, the uh, icy realm of treachery, because, you know, hell froze over, ha ha ha. Uh, Dante basically confronts Lucifer and... Uh, I think you fight him in three different forms, I think it is. Um, And uh, he basically, Lucifer reveals that he just basically used Beatrice as bait to get Dante to break his chains to free him. Because he was going to basically 
escape from hell to wreak havoc on the humans human world mm-hmm. and um end up uh Dante fights him defeats Lucifer impales him with uh, death scythe and then um he realizes that he can't leave hell he's forbidden by God um but Dante, with the aid of all the souls he gained through his trials, absolves himself and re-imprisons Lucifer deeper into hell or into the ice again. So basically, it's it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was really nutty. It was really nutty. I mean, did you expect it to? I don't know, man. I have no idea. Like, it, it, <laughs> there was a lot of corn in this when he was like. Well, I'm about to go smash uh, Beatrice. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it, it was kind of corny, just kind of how they were like, oh, Beatrice is this pure girl that she gave herself to Dante and only they could have each other. And then he broke his promise. So now she's going to have to sleep with the devil. And like, <laughs> that was really stupid and edgy. And just, <laughs> I didn't like it then <laughs> either. Um,. Uh, but yeah, so then Dante, after he imprisons Lucifer, he's taken to Purgatory, uh, where he sees Beatrice's soul waiting him in paradise, and he rips off his the tapestry, the cross that he had sewed into his chest, and walks away with Beatrice's soul. And then you see that the tapestry disintegrates to a snake that slithers away, and you hear Lucifer's haunting laugh echo for the final time, implying that the snake is him... A manifestation of him and is awaiting uh, revenge for revenge uh, with Dante. So it was a. I wasn't like when you guys saw the ending, were you like, oh, snaps, can't wait for part two? (laughs) Well, if it was, if I was playing it when it came out and at the end, you know, I realized that I might have been a little bit more excited because, I mean, I think, you know, given the right amount of uh, time and, like, maybe a little bit more, like, diversity added to the game, it could be, like, a really, really good game. So it'd be cool to see what they could do with it, you know, later on. But, I mean, uh, I, I mean now, yeah, I mean, just kind of like, eh. Yeah, I, I, I guess I would be the same way. The, the, so this is, like... <laughs> this is me playing Osiris Wrath now versus <laughs> having it played it back then. Where back then I'm like, yo, dude, I can't wait for this DLC <laughs> or the next game. Is that is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, can you imagine there being somebody in the world that was ex- excited for Dante's Inferno Two as you guys were for Osiris Wrath Two? <laughs> I'm still excited for Oscar's rap. Too. <laughs> it's gonna happen eventually. Somebody is now. still excited for Dante's Inferno too. <laughs> See, the thing about it is, like, because I knew that Inferno was just the first part of the Divine Comedy, it kind of implies that there's gonna be a sequel. Um, and I think that's what they were going for with the ending of it, because it's just like you know this isn't the end of the story, um, mm-hmm. but. I don't know. I could see them never making a sequel after after watching that ending. Cuz it it just doesn't it doesn't scream like something else is going to happen. It just kind of I don't know. It's, it's like one of those rap videos where at the end they say to be continued and 
but you know there's not going to be like a, a video for the remix or whatever. It, hey, man, just... Man on the Mood 3 is coming out. Anything <laughs> is possible. <laughs> I don't know. That that ending didn't have sequel vibes to me. Like, just because that, they put yeah, to be continued yeah. at the end of it. I definitely agree with that. Where it was just kind of like... I think I think it's like one of those things where it's like... A lot of games do it nowadays. Where it's like... We're not really sure if this game is going to be, like, a big deal. But we're going to leave the ending open-ending, just open-ended just in case, you know? And TV shows do that now a lot, too. And that's so it's kind of interesting to see. Too. You say, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, like, one of those things where it's, like, what's the harm in putting it in? Yeah. Well, maybe they, maybe something will happen. That's maybe why they put it at will. the end of rap videos. Yeah. <laughs> um. You guys got anything else for the game? Um, I was actually annoyed by the last two chapters of the game: um, treachery and Lucifer, uh, the final boss. Mm-hmm. Um, just the the combat, because I think in treachery um, where hell is frozen over. Uh, that's the one where you're on that platform and you have um, um, I can't think of his name the one blowing wind at you um, the blowing wind at you yeah he's he's like blowing you off the platform oh oh um um isn't it the the ice dude I yeah. can't remember um I can't remember the the person's name is it it's not Francesco. No, that was his friend. Uh, or his... Was that his brother-in-law? I think so. It, it was very weird. Yeah, but that... that yeah, but what was, about that? That part was annoying. Um, just because that was another... Like, it didn't feel like the game was made for that sort of platforming and combat combination. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just seemed like they were just kind of thrown together, and same thing with the um, uh, the final boss. Like whenever he would push you all the way back, it, it didn't feel like I don't know the like whenever they they tried to combine platforming and combat, it just felt really stiff. Mm-hmm. I I, I think I know what you're talking about. Where it's it just kind of like they were like. Trying to stack things on to give you a different taste of something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just like, hey, we can spin plates, but we can't spin plates and juggle at the same time. Like this, your your game isn't built to be able to handle and withstand both of those at the yeah. same time. I mean, it, it's playable, but it just doesn't feel right. Or it doesn't look yeah. right. I, I honestly, I so I didn't realize the first time that I played that. I wish I remembered the boss's name, um, but uh, I remember thinking like, "Oh, I'm just sliding on this ice." Didn't realize that I was getting blown mm-hmm. uh, like by the wind, and then when I realized that, then I was like trying to actively work against it, and I still found myself dying. <laughs> <laughs> so then, what I ended up doing was I would just make sure I'm in the air whenever the guy is blowing the wind, so then I wouldn't get pushed as far. 
And that was like my, I guess, fix. Because otherwise, if I stayed on the ground doing my normal thing, I was always going to get blown off. I just ended up using my mana to um, to use the, um, what was it? It was right bumper and Y that I would press. I can't remember the name of the move. Well, you can, you can change whatever. You can yeah. activate the spell to whatever thing, so that doesn't really... Yeah, the default one. The one that makes you um, kind of dash... Oh yeah, the the righteous justice or something, uh, righteous path or something mm-hmm. like that. I really like that. Yeah, that was one of my that was my yeah. favorite. Because towards the end of the game, I noticed I was like saving my mana for no reason really, mm-hmm. because I was playing on the regular difficulty, and it gave you um, the pedestals like after every encounter, pretty much. So like towards the end of the game, that's when I just started like just using them recklessly. Yeah, like, hey, let yeah, me use same, all this up because I hate fi- having to fight these enemies. So yeah, yeah. So there was a couple like I had. I don't know if you used it, but I had the one uh, where you threw like uh, I think you got it from the Suicide Woods, where you would just like underhand throw something and it would create a cloud that kind of sucked people in. Mm-hmm. And I I used <laughs> to use that to kind of like. I don't want to deal with fighting these enemies right now, and so I would throw it to them. Or same thing, I use that little uh, boomerang thing that you get from your dad, mm-hmm. and yeah. I would use that to juggle enemies that I didn't want to face, where I could focus on the ones that I like could like deal with on their own or whatever. So yeah, it, I, I like I said, man, I, I I do think the combat in this game was pretty interesting. I will say, it, it, I, I enjoy I enjoyed. I enjoy the combat in this game. Do you have anything, Greg? No, not really. I mean, I think we kind of summed up kind of my feelings on the game for the most part. Like, it was okay, but it was, for me at least, it started dragging on, like, maybe about halfway through it. Um, and I don't know, it was just maybe maybe it was because there just wasn't enough, like, combat diversity for me, and, and the environment started to be a little bit samey. Um, so yeah, it was just kind of like, cause the way it was for me is at the beginning, I just was over the game, like the first 30 minutes. And then as soon as I started seeing some of the things they were doing, I was like, Oh, okay. All right. I see, I see where you're going with this. And then, but after a while it was just kind of like, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. And like, this is like, I have stated many times, I, this is not a genre game that I enjoy playing. So, um, there's always going to be something in it that I don't enjoy, and uh, it was definitely the platforming in this game. I just I didn't enjoy that, and I, I did. I I was really into the environment in the beginning, and that was like the thing that was like pulling me on. I was like, oh, it's cool. Like, what? What are the other characters that I'm going to be able to save and things like that? But then as it got fur- we got further and further in, it was just kind of like, oh, like this is. This is it. This is, you know, they're not adding any more, like, unique characters that you fight. And there's not going to be any more, like, uh, I don't know, like, there's not much more to this combat. Oh, and you're fighting the same enemies over and over again. And it just started to drag on. So I do feel like this game was, like, the the perfect length. (laughs) Like, I can't imagine an extra, I, I think... You said, Trevor, it took you about six yeah, hours to beat? I was just be? about to say that um, the first time it took me eight hours, and then this time it took me right under six hours. Um, I think I think I was at I was right under seven, I think. 
So and it's not I, like I, I remembered everything about playing this game. It was kind of still mm-hmm. new to me because it's been so long. Mm-hmm. I think this was this game. If it was the perfect length for me as far as like what I was willing to put up with, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what about you, Greg? Oh, what'd you say? Like as far as the the length of the game. Oh, I think it was right around eight hours for me. Okay. Okay. And y'all both um, played on well, the normal difficulty. Yeah, on yeah. Zealot difficulty. I thought about going up, but I'm I'm glad I did because I I was um. Like I said, I did die like maybe fifteen or so times, uh, from combat. So. Uh, it, it was mostly in the beginning as I was trying to get my bearings on how combat worked and everything and just trying to figure out my combos. But like by the end, when I had that move that like restored my life and I figured out um, my attack patterns and it wasn't that big of a deal. I was mostly dying on bosses at that point where it was just like trying to figure out when I could block something to reflect it and what I couldn't. That That's kind of like when I started taking damage really was just then. Um, I had a couple questions for you guys. What was your favorite move? Uh, hmm. I honestly liked anything where you held down the um, left trigger. So, like, you could... You <laughs> Any use, of those critical attack things? Yeah, you could use the left trigger um, with X, and that would do, like, a wide um, circular swing. Um... You could hold left trigger and hit uh, Y, and that would do like a um, like an overhead kind of downward attack. Um, then if you hit if you held left trigger and A, um, it would do like a a stabbing. Um, oh yeah, thing. the multiple stab mm-hmm. things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so if you, I really I really like that one for those guys that. Um, would put shields on everybody else. Mm-hmm. Those guys that you couldn't do... Uh, I couldn't do any holy attacks on those yeah. when they had the shield, so you had to use melee, and I, I love that stabbing move on him. Yeah, and once you upgrade those, I mean, the animation for those looks so... I mean, it's just... It, it just looks OP. Okay. Um, so, yeah, any any attacks where you did those? I think for me, my favorite attack... Was uh, the, the similar to you, Trevor? When you're in the air, but instead of uh, it's a holy attack, so you probably didn't have it. But if you hit left bumper and B, he he um, does a flash of light from his um, cross and stuns everybody underneath him. So that was uh, that was my favorite move to do because I could like it was like a really cool like combo system they had that and and where you could. If I'm on the ground and did left bumper or left trigger and B, I would hold the cross up and bring them, like, suck them into me. And then I would immediately jump and then stun them and then just land and just go ham on them. So that was really fun to do. Do you have anything, Greg? Um, I guess that first ability that you get, and I don't even have, like, a particular reason other than I kind of like the animation and the fact that it was kind of like... Um, you know, like you could kind of use it to maneuver a little bit too, but that's the main one that I guess that comes to mind. Which one? 
that you know the uh, the first ability the I forget what it's called but the ice one kind oh, of oh yeah, yeah 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 I know what you're talking about yeah, yeah. I, I like that one yeah um what was your guys' favorite boss mm, I got to think about that one I think my favorite boss was probably fighting uh, the first one King Minas Minos um, I really like the ending where you like grab his tongue and then like kind of pull oh, him on yeah. that wheel and just like oh yeah 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 <laughs> slash his face open <laughs> yeah um and what was your guys' least favorite boss mm, I don't know I didn't really care for Lucifer that much but yeah I, I think I'm in the same boat as as you like his fight just I don't know. It just it was just meh. It was meh. <laughs> and it could have just been because I was over the game at that point, but... Yeah. What was your favorite Ring of Hell? Um... Yeah, I gotta think about that one. Yeah, as far as the... Um, the different rings, I'm pretty much with you. I liked all the ones that had, like, a unique style. Um, mm-hmm. Less gluttony and greed were all cool. Um... I was probably the like, one that had like all the dudes in pits. Or no, no, that was um, I'm trying to remember. Uh, hold on, I'm I'm gonna look this up. Greed was my favorite. I didn't really like those spinny in like those spinny uh, dudes with the hammer were like one of my least favorite enemies in this game because you had to parry them to stop them. Yeah, I always <laughs> use my mana attacks for them because it just canceled out their attack. Gotcha. Um, Greed was the one that had those dudes, and I guess it looked like they were in gold or whatever. Yes, right? they're like, yes. okay, yeah, that was that was sick. Yes, uh, yeah, because like the 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 golds, like like all the the um the platforming on that level, like you, like like I said, like the lava or like the the liquid in that game or in that level was gold. So it was like really cool. Like you're seeing the bodies, kind of like of like the people that are suffering, like are like reaching their arms out and they're covered in gold and like coming up like. I just really like the aesthetic of that level. It just was really sick. Yeah. Um, what'd you say for you, Trevor? I, I know you said like you like the, um, the first batch, but did you have a fit, one that stood either out? Either Gluttony or the um, the Suicide Forest. Yeah, yeah, that was also really interesting. Um, what was your least favorite? Definitely Fraud. Fraud? Yeah, that's <laughs> the one with the... T- <laughs> Uh, Greg Fraud was the one with the ten challenges, so that was definitely my. Oh yeah, all right, yeah. I I will say that I did like the ice theme for Treachery. Yeah, for the last one, Um, but it just was like also kind of seemed generic. What did y'all? You know, like I don't think we even talked about this, but what did y'all think about having to um, to cross the the ice? Do y'all remember uh, that part? I. I didn't like it, but I mean, I think I only died once, um, but I, I kind of started like following the path yeah. that I felt like was the, and then it was a lot easier, but like it, it was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a, a weird way to like get to the final boss. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what was, uh, did you say what you liked about it, Greg? Did you like the ice bridge? No, no. (laughs) Um, And then this was the one I I mentioned to you guys earlier, but what is your favorite video game clone? Or, yeah, favorite clone video game. 
I guess, and I guess for the listeners, this is like we were saying, like this game is basically like a homage or whatever to to God of War. So, like, what in 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 that style? What is another game that was clearly clearly influenced by another game, like so, blatantly? Oh. Blatantly. <laughs> like, so when I was looking at that list, the one game that I mean, so there was one game that came into my mind at first. And then thinking about it, I was like, well, why don't I just go to the, the better version of it? And uh, and so at first it was like, all right, well, why is it like, this is obscure, I guess, but I, I was thinking True Crime Streets of L.A. because I thought that game was sick. But then I was <laughs> like, hold on, why don't I just say Saints Row? Like, I think Saints Row is probably, like, my favorite of, like, that type of thing, right? Because it takes... It's your favorite open world game? Well, not open world, but, like, it takes the GTA approach, right? And it mm-hmm. just basically, like, tried to get as silly as possible with it, right? Like, at first it started off as, like, kind of a clone, and but then, like, by Saints Row 2, you saw they were just like, all right, we're just going to take this and just just make it as, like, stupid as possible. So oh, It's over the top. And, yeah. Because, like, yeah, like, like I, I remember, especially earlier on in GTA, it was like, GTA is, like, super, like, takes itself serious, there's a lot of, like, quirkiness to it, mm-hmm. but, like, everything and all the clones of it were just, like, also took themselves serious, but without any of the, the common, the comedic writing that GTA had, and, like, the cultural references, it was just, like, the thing about GTA was it was, like, a polished, like, written by writers type of video game and then all these other clones seem soulless in comparison because it was just like we're gonna do what gta is doing but without any of the character or heart or charm that it has we're just gonna do the gameplay aspect of it Mm -hmm. and so i remember when saints row came out and it was like oh this is like another one of those but oh like oh snaps they actually did it like this game is also funny and in a different way than grand theft art than grand theft auto is and they just kept building on and on from that to, like, I think by the third one, which is... I played the first two, and I started the third one. But the third one was the one where they really, like, established... They hit it. They hit their mark. <laughs> yeah. And you, so you're saying Saints Row is your favorite GTA clone? I think so, yeah. I, I, I think that would probably be... Yeah, I was trying to think of any other ones. But, yeah, for sure I would probably say that's my favorite. Okay. Mine is, I mean, if you if you know me, it's it's like you would no surprise. But for me, as Rock Band would be my favorite <laughs> clone game because, uh, <laughs> like every it would be every Friday, Trevor. Is that right? Every Friday yeah. we like my. I think at least my last three year or my my sophomore and junior year of of college. Every Friday, I would have people over to our dorm room, and we'd play Rock Band for hours. And I, I think I had gotten Rock Band. I, I think I got into Rock Band my senior year of high school. I think I, I got it for Christmas. I bought it for myself like the day after Christmas or something like that. And I just, I just remember thinking like, oh snaps, I'm gonna learn how to play musical instruments. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like really, really, really intrigued by the drums. And like I had played, I, I didn't have Grand Theft or not Grand Theft Auto Guitar Hero, but I had played it at Cousins, and I was like, this is cool, but like I don't, I never like, I don't listen to this type of music, and so like it's not my thing, but it's fun to play. Um, and then when Rock Band came out, 
or was coming out, and I was like following. It. I was like, oh, it's like Guitar Hero. Oh, but they added drums. Oh, snaps! And I like I, I could. I'll, I'll listen to some rock music for some drums. So it, it got me into that, and uh, yeah, Rock Band. I, I it's like one of my like top ten favorite video game ever, like franchise. Um, I actually had like a, I think it was like a ten year. Um, I think it was like last week or two weeks ago, the ten year anniversary of Rock Band Three release, and I had like posted on it on Facebook. And just seeing that come up as this moment in history for you, and I was just like, I, I got a little nostalgic. So yeah, Rockman is definitely my my favorite video game clone. Trevor, um, so I don't really have like a, a favorite. I haven't played too many that have been like, I guess my my in my top games. Um, mm-hmm. Dante's Inferno is probably up there though. Really. Um, how how can it be your favorite if you haven't played the original? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably true for a lot of the clones that I've played. Like Path of Exile is um is probably up there, but I've never played Diablo. Um Actually, um Um Do y'all think Overwatch is a clone of TF two? <clears throat> yes and no. <laughs> like I know you're really, really into TF2, yeah. or were really, um, and I, I would feel like it's like it's a combination of a couple of different things. But I, I, I would, I would say yes, it is. That'd probably be up there then, because um, when I did play uh, Overwatch, I was really into it. Um, <laughs> Dante in the chat said it's not. Well. Um, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm looking at the list of games we played to just see if I can think of anything that, like, stood out to you. Um, that I could think of if there was any clones or anything. Yeah, I can't. I can't think of anything. Yeah, I can't. I, I, when I looked at that list, the only one I was thinking of for you was. Uh, I, I don't know if you enjoyed Cuphead. Yeah, I, I saw that one on there, but I was never like really into Contra. Hmm. Um, like mm-hmm. I played it, but it wasn't like any games that inspired or remind you of Pokemon. <laughs> um, that were successful. I never really played any clones. Hmm. Okay. Like it was, it was Pokemon or nothing. Um, would you consider Scott Pilgrim a clone of like early beat 'em up games? Probably. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. that may be my number one right there. It's Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Hmm, okay, okay. I was trying to, yeah, I was trying to think of beat-em-ups, too, because I, I saw, like they said, the final fight in um, uh, Streets of Rage, and I was thinking of, like, was there anything that, because, ca- I mean, Castle Crashers, but I feel like Castle Crashers does enough of its own thing yeah. as well, you know? Um, so I was just trying to think if there was anything, like, like that, but, yeah. Okay. Um... Do you guys have anything else for Dante's Inferno? Great. Great game. Great experience. Mm, I'm going to say okay game. Okay experience. Okay. So I'm going to ask both of you guys this. So when we talked about it last week, or not last week, last episode, we were like, we're going to do Dante's Inferno. And then Trevor's like, let's see if we can get Dante on it. (laughs) And 
I asked Dante, I mean, he, he, I think he said like, "Oh hell no" or something yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> and with, so, like, I mean, I asked him funny later. On so many different levels. You said, "Yeah." Dante said, "Hell no" to Dante's inferno. Um, bars. <laughs> um, and I asked him, I "Was like, what was it about this game that you didn't want to play?" And he was like, "Honestly, let me. I'm gonna read what he said verbatim." But um, let's quote him. Yeah, I don't want to misquote him. I, I can't do that, especially with him listening, you know. Um, should we pursue that? Okay, so um, I had said, why don't you like Dante's Inferno? And then he said, I haven't played it, to be fair. <laughs> and then he said, but I remember just about every impression review back when it came out saying that it was a less, lesser character action game and a God of War knockoff at that. And... Um. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I was shocked seeing it being mentioned by anyone in the first place. Basically, he was shocked that somebody had even nominated as a candidate for one of our games. This is like um, one of the first games I played for 360. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I just just was wondering, like, would you recommend this game to somebody, Greg, or would you just be like, nah, just play God of War? It- yeah, like it depends if if they had played the God of War games and they're looking for a similar experience, maybe I would. But if not, I'd be like, I mean, I would recommend like a God of War game over this. So anyway. even even though this is like a less of a, a commitment, it's like a one game versus like a, a three game trilogy. You would still recommend God of War. Yeah, I mean, if anything, I would say, well, even if you don't want to go through the whole arc, like, at least check out, like, one of the God of War games mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, you don't, I mean, you could hop into one of them and, you know, not have played the others and be fine, I think. Okay. Okay. Still a more polished experience overall, I think. Okay. What about you, Trevor? Great game, great experience? That's a decent game, decent experience. So, did you leave this game the second time playing, like, not as impressed the first time as you were um, the first time? or Having played as, as many games since I've played this game, it's it's kind of... More generic? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I can see... And, and still, I, I haven't played any of the original uh, God of War games from the trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know exactly what I'm missing out on, but um, this game doesn't offer too much. So I'm wondering how much more the original God of War games can offer more than this one. Mm-hmm. So do you have any interest in checking out the God of War games after playing um, this, or are you just kind of like I don't? If it's I honestly don't have any interest in checking out the original God of War games after playing the new one, just mm-hmm. because I know it's going to be a, you know completely different game. Mm-hmm. So I guess. Is that because of your experience with God of War and doesn't have anything to do with your experience with this game? Right. Right? Yeah. So I, this I game like can turn you off of the genre. It just is like, I'm, why would I play another God of War it, game exactly. if they're not going to be like the one that I'm familiar yeah, with? Yeah, it feels like, you know, I've played this game, so I've, I've gotten what I intend to get out of it, which mm-hmm. was a God of War game on the 360. <laughs> okay. And I think I'm kind of the same boat as you. Decent game, decent experience. I had a much better impression of this game when we first started. I would even go to say, like, 
about the first three hours of this game, I really, really did enjoy myself. But as I continued to play, I think I beat this over the course of a week. I just played it over a weekend. So, like, I normally don't play games like that and can, like, go through them that quickly. But I, for whatever reason, did last weekend. And I just, um, as I played it more and more, I just was, like, finding myself not enjoying myself as much. And like I said, some of the flaws with the game, with the platforming, at least, or at least in my opinion, the flaws and some of the monotony and some of the combat encounters and just the lack of inspiration in some of the environments in this back half of the game kind of just started wearing on me. And ultimately, I think that the game is, is fine. I think I'm kind of like having... I think I'm like in the middle of YouTube. Like I haven't played a God of War and I am kind of interested in playing them after playing this, uh, knowing that there is much more of a pedigree and like fan uh, community around the, that series. So, like I could like go to a random group of people and be like, hey, have you guys played God of War? And somebody more than likely would have played it where I can't do that with Dante's Inferno probably. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I don't read. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so uh, I, I think I'm, I'm more interested in playing a God of War now because of having played this. Um, and I do think that I still would probably tell somebody, like, this game is fine, um, but if you wanted to play a game in this, then you should check out God of War. And I'm saying that as somebody that hasn't played God of War just because you'll probably get more out of it. <laughs> it's a, probably a better, more polished experience. So that I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as Greg on that. So, yeah. Um, well, that's that on Dante's Inferno. Where can people find you at, Trevor? You can find me on the internet at Lyric Unsung. Where can people find you at, Greg? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Boombox Hero. Facebook should be the same, Boombox Hero. And on Twitch at twitch.tv slash magnegro with a zero at the end instead of an O. Um, you can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Potato Salad. Um, what are, I, meant to, I meant to ask this. Are, are you guys streaming anything currently? Uh, I have not been streaming in like the past three or four months, but I'm streaming tomorrow. So You going to stream our November game? That's what's up. Uh, oh, what is a November <laughs> game? Our November game is my game, man. It's going to be the everybody's number one game for this year. Okay. Into the Breach. You forgot we played Oscar. Uh. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so we're going to be playing my game for the month of November, Into the Breach. I'm, I'm, I already got started. I already got, <laughs> got a bunch of hours under my belt, but I'm excited because this is one of my... This is one of my games, so let me just say that. I'll just say that. Um, have either of you guys started it? I'm guessing. I know Greg has it. Trevor? No. no. I've got to decide okay. what platform I want to play it on. Uh, I got it on PC. I mean, obviously, it's fine. I also got it on Switch, and it it's pretty good on Switch, too. Um, I think that you wouldn't be doing yourself a disservice if you got it on Switch. It's not like a lesser experience or anything like that, so... I'm assuming that's what you're trying to decide yeah. between those two. Yeah. So. Um, well, if you like tuning into Miss Checkpoints to find out 
hidden gems, cult classics, and indie games, and share us with your friends, family, and the not shitty subreddit communities you're in. Comment on our Facebook page, add us on Twitter, leave us a review, preferably five stars on Apple Podcasts so we can appear higher in the leisure category. Um, we do enjoy doing these, and we love hearing from you guys, so let us know what you like about an episode, let us know what you agree with, what you disagree with, hit us up, let you know what you want us to play next. Um, I've still been getting some recommendations on some games, I don't know if you, have you, if you guys have, but it's always interesting to get some of those, so just to see what people are saying, like, hey, you guys should check this thing out, or you guys should check this thing out, so I do appreciate getting that, so you guys keep sending them, because I do think... Uh, maybe in the very near future, maybe 2021, we might, uh, since we already have our schedule for this year, we might do it like, these are games that have been suggested to us and, uh, see, see how many different games we got and see if, uh, maybe we can do it internal or maybe we can just do like a fan vote. Like, here are the games you guys suggest. Let us know what you want us to play. Something like that. So we'll see. Uh, 2021 though. Um... But yeah, uh, hit us up. Let us know. Um, Into the Breach, November. I'm hype. I'm hype. I'm hype. Um, And with that, we're missed checkpoints and we're out. Peace.